This is Hashtag Authentic, a podcast for creatives with me, Sarah Tasker. This is episode 14. Hi, I hope you've had a really good week. This week I'm talking to my friend and creative coach, Jen Carrington. She's both to me. She is somebody I run to whenever I'm stuck on a conundrum but she's also a really good friend and I first met her over three years ago when I found her stuff online and contacted her for some coaching in regards to my own blog and social media. Since then her business has really bloomed and my life has changed really beyond recognition and through it all we've kind of kept in touch and she's been there for me so I really wanted to get her on and share some of that wisdom with all of you guys too. So we talk a little bit about money, about being the female breadwinner in a relationship and what that looks like for both of us. And then we dig into one of Jen's real specialist subjects, which is how to structure your working week when you're a self-employed creative, how to make the most out of it, how to actually build the life that you wanted to build and the reason that you first went self-employed in the first place. So she's got some brilliant tips and advice that I think everyone is going to find really helpful. So let's go. Hi Jen. Hi Sarah. How are you doing? I'm good, how are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm happy to be talking to you. I'm very happy to be talking to you, it's been too long. For anyone who doesn't know you, introduce yourself then please. I'm Jen Carrington, I am almost 25, I live in Manchester, that's why I kind of sound like Sarah but my accent is stronger and probably worse. Um, (laughs) I am a creative coach and basically what I do is I help creative women build impactful, fulfilling and sustainable creative lives and basically what all that like fancy words means is I support creative business owners I call them big hard creative business owners so I work with women who are doing work that is really meaningful and purposeful and that they love and that's really wholehearted work and I help them build a creative life that they really enjoy work that's really impactful so it's doing what they want to do in the world and that's sustainable so it's actually making them money and sustaining them to live the life they want to live amazing it's all true and I have to say if anyone's listening and thinking 25 she's a baby she is a baby but um this woman is wise Jen you you know your stuff and I first came to you what year was it that we first met it would have been two years ago it would have been 20 was it 2015 that sounds about right so I was blogging and instagramming part-time on the side while I did my day job and I came to you because I knew I wanted to go to the next level and try and take it more seriously and we sat down in a coffee shop in Manchester and you gave me a good overhaul of everything and that was the start of things really picking up for me and it was the start of our friendship can I say we're friends of course I, 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 I tell people like, oh I'm really good friends with you know Sarah Tasker from me and, the <laughs> and they're like no and I'm no like, your business has come a long way since then as well yeah we both kind of I think we've been like the first like 10 clients and I didn't I didn't know who you were before then but then I was so excited to discover your work and then we worked together again like a year later was it yeah yeah and then you respond to all of my emails when I'm like Jen what do I do about this that I want to do or when I have a panic at midnight and think that I'm gonna fail you're always there to pick me up which I'm very grateful for I remember always saying to you I was like I was like Sarah you are sitting on like a gold mine not just financially but just like a brand of like wonderful things ahead of you it's just like the minute you realize that and you've just been like doing incredible things well thank you for cheerleading me and holding my hand this whole time (laughs) tell me about what you're up to at the moment let's start there because I feel like you do such a lot see I feel like I feel like I have done my very best this past year to not be someone who does a lot like I want this probably ties into like if we talk about like work weeks and stuff like that Mm -hmm. so I try not to be one of those people who's like I'm doing 20 things because my brain would explode but right now basically what my work life looks like is so I coach full-time and when I say full-time I just mean I have a full schedule of coaching I coach two couple of days a week and then alongside that I have a blog a 
podcast emails I send out and then I create programs and courses as well um, I'm kind of in the early days of that so I have a couple like I have like one signature program and I've, there's some other things I want to create this year that I create to support my clients kind of my rule is I create programs using the things that I've already done with my one-on-one clients kind of like what you do with your Instagram so. yeah which is a great model I think like I was talking to someone about this the other day and saying I'm really glad I mentored long before I wrote a course because you get to really know what the questions are that your clients are asking you and what solutions actually practically work for them yeah you're not you're not bullshitting at any stage of the course creation because you're literally you've done it before with one person or like with 10 people one by one so then you're just putting it into a course so it can serve everyone and I I also feel like it gets the idea like out of your head so easily yes like when I sit down to create courses yeah I'm like I might be tired and not feel like in flow but the actual idea there's no resistance there because I just spent a week talking about it with people all day yes definitely and actually I think when you and I were working together the second time I was looking at creating my course then and I mapped it all down I had all these post-its I knew all of the theory I wanted to put into my Instagram course but I floundered because I wasn't sure what the questions were what people actually wanted and what was just me telling stuff that geeky me thought was interesting (laughs) about Instagram so then I went away and mentored and coached for a year or so and came back to it and actually like immediately I could look at that big piece of paper with all those post-its on and I knew which ones to pull off and throw away and which ones needed adding because it just gave me that insight into how it actually is for people who are just starting out and just figuring their way yeah it gives you so much more confidence and clarity and then like on the flip side of that as well like what I love now is like when I create things I can just give it to my clients so it's like twofold it's like I work with clients so I can create courses to sell to people who don't have like the means or they don't want to work with someone one-on-one but they do want my support in some capacity and then I have resources that I'm really proud of that I can give to clients that means that they can have that support and not just wait for the call to have that support as well yeah it works and it makes it a lot easier sometimes to communicate what you need to communicate exactly because you've written it in the best words you could think of with diagrams or whatever else necessary yeah no and so right now I so I launched a product last year called the intuitive work week and that is coming I'm like 2.0ing it it's having like an additional component put towards it, like an audio component and that's coming again next month and then the rest of the year just have some other things but my if we dive into I know you said you want to kind of talk about like work weeks stuff like that my kind of rule is my launch schedules and things I'm creating are all written in pencil like if I get some inspiration or if I feel resistance around something I'm cool pushing it back for a couple of months so that's a really good way of working I've tried like planning a year out in advance and it doesn't life doesn't work like that for me anyway no it doesn't it doesn't for anyone I suspect and sometimes it just becomes a stick that we beat ourselves with because we promised we'd launch in May and then May comes and goes or doing that like how much time and energy do we waste being like oh I said I'd do this thing and I didn't and whereas we could use that time and energy to actually do the thing yes just a bit later than planned absolutely I think it was on one of the magic lessons podcasts where they were talking and they're saying that it's never that self-flagellation it's never hating yourself and criticizing yourself for not working that gets you to the desk the next day the thing that gets you back at the desk and working the next day is self-love and forgiving yourself and being kind to yourself yeah I think the bravest thing we can do and this is going to sound like so wishy-washy but like I don't live in my head in the clouds I promise but I thought (laughs) the bravest thing we can do is just like show some like unconditional grace and kindness to ourselves because once we trust that we are giving it 100% then we can trust that well every day 100% looks really different and every month it looks different if you've got like a health issue going on or a big life like experience you're not going to have as much time to work on creating a course or launching a business yeah and that's okay ebb and flow yeah ebb and flow is a big lesson for me (laughs) and you have to like work alongside your own ebb and flow like if you're trying to like hustle it out when you're in a season of like okay I really need to slow down you're just gonna hate every single day yeah because this is a concept I came across via your 
your blog, this idea of like you have a season of hustle and you have seasons where you're maybe slowing it down. Can you talk us through that concept? Yeah, so I learned this very, like after the first year of my business, I was like conditioned by myself and by probably consuming the wrong type of content that the only way to do business was to hustle. So I was working, I'm not exaggerating here, I was working like 70 hour week because I was working like 12. I remember. And I just burnt myself into the ground and the very honest thing is I wasn't working 70 hour weeks because I had to work 70 hour weeks. I'd probably built a business for myself that I needed to work 50 hour weeks for which was still not acceptable to me. But I was working 70 because even when I was done, I didn't have that confidence in myself to put my laptop down. Mm -hmm. So I was working, 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 and then I burnt out. And when I say I burnt out, I mean, there was a night when I was weeping and we had to go back and I was like, I need a cat. I was like, the only thing that can make me happy is to get Marcia's sister and we had to go out and buy me a cat, which is... (laughs) An emergency cat. An emergency cat. And then Alex was like, you have to fix your life and your working routine (laughs) because if not, we can't keep filling our tiny apartment up with cats. (laughs) I, I, I dived so deep into like rewriting my brain around like okay what does it mean to like actually show up fully to my work and my life and then I had like this season of rest because I'm by a season of rest I think people assume that means like oh I sat on a beach for four months and did nothing but I still worked it's a lot of business to run and a life to run but I approached my life from a restful point of view so I was saying no to things I wasn't waking up in the morning get like high stress straight away and You know, I was building in time in my life to try and figure out, well, how do I actually want to feel and work? And then what I discovered on the other side of that is you have seasons of hustle, you have seasons of rest. I also think we have seasons of struggle, which is like seasons of struggle are really different. I feel like seasons of hustle is when you're working hard and there's momentum around that movement Mm -hmm. you're doing in your business. So it's you're working hard, but it's all moving forward. Whereas the season of rest is like you're slowing down so you've not got as much like forward energy in your business. But it's a conscious choice. Yeah, and then a season of struggle is when you're not moving forward, you're stuck. You're either stuck because your hustle isn't impactful hustle, it's not intentional hustle, or you've got an external thing that's giving you a season of struggle, or you've been forced to rest. So the rest doesn't feel good and you're struggling in that moment and having to slow down. That makes a lot of sense. I think I identify with all three, but maybe I never choose which one I'm in. Yeah, I feel like we show up better to our lives when we're consciously either choosing the season we're in or accepting the season we're in. Like, say I have clients, for example, who say they've currently got three small children and they want to be building this like epic business, but they've got three small kids and they're the primary caregiver. And they don't have the money to get like a childminder every single day of the week. And they've got one hour every afternoon to get stuff done. And they're in a season of struggle because they're not working alongside what they have. They're resenting the lack of time that they have. They're feeling frustrated. They're sitting down in that hour and not doing anything because they're like, well, I can't do all the things I want to do. What's Mm -hmm. the point? And the mindset shift there is, okay, this is the season of my life. What can I do with this hour that feels really good? And maybe that looks like three days a week you sit down to write and you create the things that you want to create. And maybe a couple of days a week you go to the spa or you hang out with your friend or you do what charges you and creatively. Like it's just working, it's accepting the season you're in sometimes. I'm lucky, like I'm a 25-year-old woman, well, almost 25. My only responsibility is my cats. So I don't have kids. I, on the whole, get to choose my seasons. But that's a privilege for many of us. Like not all of us get to choose that. Like, for example, say my mum was sick. I probably wouldn't be able to choose my season as much because I'd have other responsibilities. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, life kind of throws those curveballs at us. But it's it's shifting our mindset, I suppose, away from the idea that success equals money and actually success equals happiness instead. Yeah, no, definitely. And enough money to live the life you want to live. Yeah, that's why I always try and frame it like impactful, fulfilling and sustainable. Like for me, the sustainability is just, yeah, I need to pay my rent and I need to like buy a coat when it's cold. <laughs> But for me, what's more important is like, 
Am I living my truth? Am I doing work that I believe in? Because I don't want to make money doing work that I don't believe in. No. And am I creatively fulfilled and am I joyful in my life? Like, am I, is my work allowing me to show up to my, like, my loved ones as the person I want to show up as? Is it allowing me to build the relationship with myself that I want to build? And I think we can't have too narrow of an idea around success because then we were chasing something that doesn't actually feed us fully. Absolutely. And it ends up kind of you're living your life by someone else's definition because we've always been told success looks like one thing. We can devote our entire lives if we're not careful to striving for that thing, even though it's not what we chose. Yeah, so we get it. And then... It feels empty. Yeah, you're like, wait, this feels horrible and I've lost all my friends because I never called them back. (laughs) But I have a shiny car and I don't even like shiny cars. Yeah, and nowhere to drive it to because no one wants to hang out with me. And I think um, as women, it's kind of, it's a new wave of all of us establishing these businesses and having these opportunities. And these conversations are really important because women, we're not used to being able to define very much at all, really, as women. And certainly not talking about money and how much is enough and what we do with it. Yeah, and it's so imp- like I love this. I love that I get to spend my day seeing women like I hate the word girl boss. So I'm never going to use that, but like just kicking ass and just being like, yeah, I'm a woman, but I am taking up the space that I want to take in the world, and I'm taking charging money for it. Yes, and I believe in myself, and I'm providing for my family. Like how many. And me and you are both currently the breadwinners of our relationship. Yeah. It's so cool. I know quite a few others yeah. who, you know, their boyfriend or their partner was able to quit their day job and come and work for them. And yeah, like I imagine 10 years ago, I may have already said this on one of the episodes, I just don't think there were that many women in a position to do that because of the career structure that was existing just didn't make room for women. And did we even believe yeah. it was possible? That is a big hurdle as well. Yeah, I feel like now we're entering a space where women are so excited, but especially by this digital world because they're seeing women like like you and loads of cool people doing so many cool things like oh my god this is so possible for me the tricky bit now is like well how do I actually do it that is why you and I've spoken about this before actually that I think it's really important to talk about success I know I had a critic recently who told me that I shouldn't speak about my success and she was quite annoyed that I had on my blog talked about making money and feeling like a success but I think we have to because we kind of owe it to each other to say look this is possible and I can do it so there's no reason you can't do it and also if I'm going to share my failures which I do on the regular then damn right I'm going to share my successes as and when they happen yeah it should not be uncomfortable for us to hear someone else's success to bear witness to their success and if it is because it's so normal if you're having like an awful month and your very best friend is having the wildest success of her dreams it's going to sting a little bit in your stomach and I feel like the journey I'm always trying to go on is a couple as like the person if I if it stings is to be like how can I be bigger than the jealousy or how can I be bigger than the envy or the, the insecurity how can I rise up and like show up for this woman and then on the other hand how can I be brave enough to share my success in a way that doesn't alienate people and that holds space for every stage that we're all at in our lives because some days we feel successful and some days we felt the biggest loser on it. Oh my gosh, that can change for me by the hour. I can go from like, this is amazing, all my dreams are coming true to it's all over, I'm going to have to go and hide in my bed. <laughs> and how comfy, like, for say someone listening to this show right now and you're like, they're like, oh my God, like, look at Sarah, like, look how cool she's doing. I, I really want to, like, you know, build something, not like what you've built, but to have that success for themselves and whatever it looks like for them. It must be so much, such a relief to know that you're not every day waking up with, like, 
halo around your head and fairies in your ears and like the world's amazing like it's a struggle for you the only difference is like you're not worried about how to pay your mortgage this month yeah and I I wrote I think you may have seen it I wrote a blog post actually about that feeling having kind of come from a place where I never felt like I had enough money and would hide from the postman and stuff to now having enough money and the comfort of not being frightened about paying my bills and that felt so vulnerable to press publish on that post and I was really scared about the response and the response was amazing it's always amazing whenever you feel like you're being vulnerable isn't it that's Mm. always when it resonates but I had like women coming up to me at events and emailing me and saying it made them cry because we're all feeling so goddamn guilty (laughs) about our finances whether we've got enough whether we've got too much whether we've not got enough like there's so much guilt around it and I think the first thing we have to do to get rid of that guilt is to just put it all out in the open yeah I mean I love that post I just was like because I knew behind the scenes like the good things that were happening for you so like it like but it was so cool to like see you just stand up and take up that space and be like yeah this is where I am and this is how it feels and this is how I'm battling with it and also that kind of I think it's really scary to share from a place of privilege like because you don't want people to be like oh well you shut up you're making this much money like it was so brave and I think you're so right I think the best thing we can do is talk about money because then we get to have the conversation of okay once you're making a good living how can you make that a joyful way to live like I love the thing you said at the end of the post about how the best thing you can buy is more time for love yeah like for me like the best thing about being able to make like a solid income is I don't have any like fancy things but I get to like live my life on my own terms like I live with health issues so I get to look after myself there I get to support my fiance in building his own business I get to like take my parents out on meals whenever I want to and like that's fine and I get to like travel and I get to go to sleep at night feeling safe with the person I love like we're in charge of our time yes and that is a huge privilege we are so privileged so privileged and I think it's so if we can I feel like the heart the thing I'm always trying to push past is like okay I'm privileged but I'm still allowed to share what I'm learning on the other of being yeah. this person experiencing this privilege because if I don't share it we miss out on having that conversation absolutely and the, the great thing about my money blog post was the comments came from the full raft of people so there were people saying oh I'm still in that shit point where I hide from the postman and we have to eat baked beans one night a week because we've got no money for any other food but they were saying this is great to hear because it makes me realize that it can happen for me too and I can work to a different destination and like as soon as you remove that blame that idea that where you are economically is somehow reflective of who you are Mm. and instead we just start saying we're all having the same thoughts and the same conversations and we're just kind of at different stages of our business or our financial development no I just once we take away the blame of where we are financially like isn't that like once we stop defining anything by where we are financially like feeling vulnerable I had a really good financial month this month and it was like one of my best months in a while and I remember sitting and I was like oh this is this is really cool and I remember saying to myself this doesn't feel like success Mm -hmm. just making money to me that doesn't that doesn't excite me it doesn't make me feel successful it's just the money and I was like oh my god have you got too complacent have you got greedy and I dive deeper into it I was like no the truth is what excites me is what that money means yes not like oh my god I can make money it's not like I'm making like six figures or anything it's just like I made more than I needed and made enough to like top up my savings account to like a nice happy number and I was like it isn't the money that makes me feel like a better person or like a happier person it's like well did I show up as a good friend this week and did I call my mum back (laughs) and like 
did I show up in my work in like a wholehearted way and am I being kind to myself and it's just really interesting how we give money so much power but all it does is pay the bills yeah so that is so true it doesn't make us better or stronger or wiser or prettier or anything probably it is a very masculine definition of success I keep coming back to that but it has been the way for a long time as men you define success historically by how much you earn like how well you're able to provide for your family and I think it's now that these conversations are happening between women that we're actually looking at it differently and saying well hold on like that isn't the be all and end all for my family maybe because women taught to have different priorities or I don't know that would be a huge philosophical debate that I'm not willing to (laughs) tackle right now we should uh I really want to have you on my podcast when I start doing interviews again to talk about like what it's like to be the breadwinner like I just feel like I don't know if you've had the same experience in like how cool is it to redefine it for your partner as well to be able to give them space to be like hey guess what like you don't have to be this man who has to provide everything for me how would it feel if I supported you right now to pursue your dreams and for them to take off that pressure and then be like well who am I underneath all this like masculine pressure of who I was supposed to be absolutely and so for Rory and I'm sure it's the same for you guys like he's never had that option every relationship he's ever been in he has been the main earner and that was the same with he and I like I was working full-time but my salary was nowhere near his and then of course I had Orla so I was off and went to part-time hours for a while so like he's always had the financial burden on his shoulders and all of a sudden we've switched and he's handed in his notice and yeah so he's actually he has no idea what he wants to do he knows he's not passionate anymore about the job he was doing but he's never had the luxury and the freedom to kind of explore that because he's always been responsible mm. for, for kind of keeping the bills paid yeah and how, I mean, who knows in like a year from now like what he could discover about himself yeah it's exciting he keeps kind of having ideas he'll come home and he'll be like maybe spoon carving and I'm like (laughs) maybe um (laughs) you know what's so cool like this just shows how like making money as a female business owner it's more than just the money and it's more than even just the work the awesome incredible work we get to do with cool people for our business it's what this means for like our life like it's just this is why I love what I do and why I love supporting women to do the same thing in terms of like make a living on their own terms because it, it changes everything in our whole lives. It makes us... It's like be- therapy. It's helped me work through and like question so many beliefs I was raised yes, with by yes. society around what it means to be a woman. Yes, absolutely. It's hugely, it's a really powerful thing. And I don't know, there might be people listening who haven't quite started on that journey yet who think that we are talking pretentious bullshit right now. <laughs> But just trust us, because I've heard this from so many other women who've been through it too. It's like a really common thing that we all come up against, where you suddenly realise that you have been kind of fencing yourself in a little bit in your mind because you've been brought up to be a good girl and make everybody like you. Yeah, like my mum once said to me, my mum thinks feminism is a dirty word. I love her to pieces, but she just wasn't of that generation. And she once said, she was like, oh, you shouldn't talk very openly about in front of Alex that you earn more money than him. (laughs) She was like, you know, I think she's convinced like he'll cheat on me and leave me one day if I say it too much. Because you're demasculating him. Yeah, and Alex is so freaking proud. Like, he loves telling people about me. Like, he's just so proud. It doesn't affect his identity of himself. Mm. And like I said, I think that, you know, his mum did a fantastic job of raising a feminist son. Yeah. But it's just, yeah, it's more than the money. It's even more than just, like, the public. Like, for you, like, it's way more than the fact that you've just got, like, this many Instagram followers. It's what it's doing for your daughter and your identity of yourself and your husband's opportunities in life. And getting to have these conversations and put it out there and kind of try and help other women reach that point as well because the more of us are doing it and saying it the more normal it becomes yeah and also holding space for us to like just question what we've been told and like sometimes if I feel like a ping of like oh but I'm earning all the money and I'm like but where's that coming from 
like is that actually coming from something within me or is that just coming from something that I've consumed within society that day like a film where the man gets praised for providing his family and you've been told by that film that that means he loves her because he provides for her and you're just questioning the whole thing it's interesting being a woman it's interesting being a man but I don't know what that experience is yeah we can only talk about what we've tried which is the being a woman (laughs) (laughs) and you know even now I'm getting that slight shame hangover like have we talked about money too much no same same I do genuinely believe it's important and if we can just turn off all of that shame response to money then we can look at it for what it is which is just numbers on a page money buys you freedom and possibility and those things are not to be underrated at all they're so important yeah and also like I feel like we shouldn't have to say this disclaimer Um, I don't want to speak for you but I feel like the other side of it is also like if you're not the breadwinner and if your husband is providing for you like that's not like a bad thing like neither is bad or wrong I love hearing from friends who are in a different financial situation to me and like how they've still made it work as long as you're like hearing how their relationship still feels equal no matter who's bringing what percentage of the income into the household and I think it's not about you're not only like a fully fledged woman if you're earning more than your partner it's just like this this is the only experience we can speak from right now and this seems new it seems like you know it's happening now for a lot of women and we're in the business of supporting those women so it's a natural conversation for us to be having Definitely. And I, I feel like a lot of the press around, if you Google like female breadwinner, all the articles will be like, men hate being with female breadwinners. And I feel like it's not representing how a lot of men do feel. And they're just like freaking proud of their Yeah. Partners. And like amazing. I get to just like chill out for a bit. and Redefine what my manhood is. I think that's also just as cool. We want to talk about working week, how to make, if you are self-employed or if you have your own business how to structure your working week you're kind of a whiz at this I feel like well I'm very lucky in that I've like I committed the past like year and a half to figuring this out for myself and like I'm just really lucky that I attract clients who care about the same things as me so I've supported a lot of clients to pursue it's not luck it's not luck Jen is it no it's just I put my message out there to the world and it attracted the right people there we go (laughs) (laughs) and I kind of I call it an intuitive work week and people are like "Mm, what does that mean and basically, I want to build a work week and I want to support women to build work weeks that are joyful, impactful and productive. So they're productive. So you're actually getting the things done. You're feeling, you know, I think there's something in all of us that wants to feel like we're contributing mm. and we're getting things done and we're proud of like our effort in life. But it's impactful because there's such a difference between just keeping busy and taking off to do's, but achieving nothing in sense of like, it's just actually helping you build the life you want to build and the business you want to build. Yeah, you can keep very busy just by going on Pinterest and Twitter all day long or even doing tasks that feel impactful but aren't aligned with what you actually want to do yeah and then the joyful aspect is like I want to enjoy my work week yeah I'm not going to enjoy every single thing like if I've got 20 emails to reply to I'm probably going to be like okay you know like let's get into this let's get a bar of chocolate to keep me company but like if I want to enjoy more of my work week then I'm not enjoying it and all the tasks that are repetitive and I want to enjoy my creative life because I don't understand what the point is. I feel like we all should give ourselves permission to choose more than just working to survive, which also comes from a place of privilege. I do totally get that. And so it's building this intuitive work week. Do you want me to share like some practical tips to help people if they wanted to explore what this would look like? Yeah, I think I need these practical tips because my work week is chaotic and I feel like I basically just firefight seven days a week. I think that happens to people when you're, you're not planning in advance. So I feel like in a business, we have to be two people. We have to be the CEO and the employee. So right now you're being the employee because you're just showing up mm-hmm. and you're doing the work and people get stuck in one head hat so they're either being the employee every day and they've not got that boss which is themselves telling them like 
they're not working with the eye on the big picture the whole time. They're just, like you said, putting fires out. Yeah. Or some people get stuck in the CEO stage, so they've got all the big picture ideas and they know their business plan, but they're not getting it done on a daily basis. Right. So you've got to be both people. And the way you be the CEO is, I don't ever want to sit down to a work day and not already know what I'm doing. And what I mean by that, because that sounds like it stifles flexibility and fun, I always say my business needs structure and discipline and my creativity needs freedom and spontaneity. Mm-hmm. And I try and create both of that in the week. And the way I do that is I have different types of work days. So I have coaching days where I've got like a schedule of clients that day. And like I'm sitting down, I'm structured and I'm planned. And I'm like, that's probably like my most professional day of the week. And then say I've got a day where I'm creating modules for a course. It's probably structured in the sense of I have a specific to-do list that needs to get done that day. But I can, you know, I can do it from home, from a coffee shop, from bed, like whatever the hell I want to do. And then I have days where it's just do what feels good, explore what feels good creatively, and those are like the best days, but they only feel good when you've had the overproductive days. So I think that we all need a little bit of, if we're just showing up to that day and not having a plan, but we are going to feel scattered. So I think having a plan in advance helps. And what I mean by that is I personally like to quarterly plan. So I look at my year like three months. And I'm like, okay, what's this season about? Like, am I, what are the bigger projects? So have I got a course I want to launch? Have I got a podcast season I'm going to launch? You know, someone else it may be. Have you got some speaking events coming up? Like, who knows? Have you got a retreat you're running? And I look at my quarter and I'm actually saying like, okay, what are my touch points in this quarter? So when are my deadlines for different projects? What are my kind of personal things going on in this quarter that I need to be aware of and then I can see it in advance and then this is me being like the CEO of my business and then I'm breaking it down into the month so I'm like okay so take for example this quarter April May June so like okay in April these things need to get done in May these things need to get done in June these things need to get done I've got a plan for how that quarter is going to work and then I have the month plan and then every week on like a Saturday or a Sunday I will plan out how the next week will look in accordance to that plan I've already made for myself there's no me like scratching my head thinking well what the hell's going on because I've planned it out and if anyone's listening like well where the hell's the flexibility in this that's why you have to trust yourself to be a flexible person because I may have like an idea come up or like want to push back a project and I just I have to look at my plan and be like okay I'm going to pick up that like for example I was going to launch product last month I just wasn't feeling it and I was exhausted I didn't want to do it so I've moved it to August and I've just picked it up from my plan and moved it to the August and it didn't really cause that much hassle I just moved around my week does that make sense yeah that does make sense and I think it takes a certain amount of trust to do that trust in the plan and trust in yourself that you'll get to it when the time is right I think trust is like intuitive working ultimately comes down to you build for yourself an environment where you trust yourself so you've got a plan you trust yourself that you can follow through on the plan you trust yourself that you can make intuitive decisions so you're not just doing something because you said you'd do it if your instincts are telling you this needs pushing and this other thing that's this new opportunity needs prioritizing you trust yourself to do it Mm -hmm. and you trust yourself to deal with anything that comes up along the way like for example I live with health conditions that sometimes just like knock me out for a week or two yeah (laughs) and I just have to be like okay I might not be able to do much outside of my non-negotiables this week that's fine because you give yourself room to breathe and so it's you're planning out you have your plan the biggest thing is everyone's got to figure out how they work best not everyone's an early bird not everyone's a night owl not everyone works best working nine to five hours like some people work best doing like five hours a day and then the brain's done and what's the point in pushing your brain if you will then ruin it before the next day so I think it's there's a season of experimentation of 
what works best for me and if people are like okay Jen so how do I do this I think it's really cool to like map out what an ideal week look like for you. So I know one of the things you factor into your working week and you encourage your clients to include is non-work time non-work activities yeah which there's a part of me that it kind of like bristles when you say that because I'm like no I have to work these are my working hours I have to be tied to my desk yeah I think I call so what you've got there is work week baggage (laughs) and you've got like beliefs that you've built around work this is why we all have beliefs that we've built around work that have been instilled in us from how we were praised when we were kids Okay. To, you know, what what we how we're praised in jobs, how what jobs taught us, where our self worth and where our mindset intersects around self worth and work. Uh-huh. We have to question everything we believe until we know what we believe to be true. Yes. Well that's a life lesson on every front. Oh god, yeah. And I think people are afraid to do this because if you're radically changing how you approach work, you are opening yourself up to a lot of judgment from yourself and for other people. Yes. I have so many people who work through like my intuitive work week program like and they'll say to me like Jen I figured out how to work best like I've got it down but I still feel cripplingly guilty mm-hmm. like I feel so ashamed if people know that I figured out that I work best by not working on a Monday and by taking a Tuesday afternoon off to go to like a doggy class because I love my dog I don't know if this is what people tell me and but I feel like I'm being judged yeah or I feel lazy or I feel like I'm letting myself down and that is not a solution you can fix overnight it depends how deep-seated that is within you and how brave you're going to be to question these things how brave you're going to be to do your what you know to be your intuitive work week even when you feel guilty because from my own experience the guilt passes when you show up and see that the world doesn't end and that you are more productive and more fulfilled because you're achieving and that is the ultimate response to those critics who are whether it's your mother-in-law or it's your grandmother or whoever it is in your life who is watching and thinking you should be working more and returning to those kind of it's like a Dickensian work value isn't it where yeah you want people to work as many hours as possible for yeah. maximum turnover but if you're achieving in the schedule you set out for yourself then that answers all of those questions really, doesn't it? I, If I could give anyone like anything, it would be to get to the end of the week and just to feel like content, just to feel like I showed up, I gave it 100%, I honoured my needs, I showed up, I gave it 100% and I feel no guilt, I feel, I feel like I didn't leave anything on the table and if I didn't take off all the to-dos, I'm showing myself grace around that and just that tr- inner trust and that intuition to just know that you... You don't have to question yourself all the time and be like, did I work? And was it okay that I took two hours off on Friday to go get some ice cream? And it's just, it's really hard. I think it's a lot harder when you've got kids. This is what I've noticed with my clients. I think having kids makes it not harder because, I mean, amazing, you're raising tiny humans, but your time's less of your own. Yeah, there's a lot of guilt that comes with not being with your children yeah and then and I I can't speak to that that's not my I don't have any experience there my only advice there from what I've learned from my clients is like you have to just own the season you're in because there will be a day when your kids aren't at home and they're not taking up all your time that day will come the worst thing any of us can do is compare ourselves to someone with a different situation for example like I do have to take my life a little slower because of health reasons and if I compared my output to someone who has a hundred percent health I'd feel like a loser like I'd be like oh what's wrong with me like but I can't do that and if I compared myself like if I compared myself to someone who's got like a whole team around them like it's you we have to stop comparing ourselves to people when it's not we're not even on the same planet as them absolutely and the comparison ends up nowhere because we're not the same we're not trying to do the same thing and it's just so unhelpful it makes everybody feel crap I don't know anyone who's gone I compared myself to this other business and it really helped me yeah (laughs) 
that's never happened. You've kind of got to have like your own internal standards. Yes. Working for yourself means that you get to throw all the rules out the window around what it means to work. Like honestly, like when I tell people how much time I take off a year, this week, for example, I'll just talk to you through my work week if it helps people understand what the hell, would that be helpful? Yeah, it's a great idea. So today... I spent about four hours this morning doing some writing because I wanted to get some blog posts done. Then I took a few hours off in the afternoon because my house a little touch and go. So I was like, I'm just going to chill out, watch Grey's Anatomy. And then I had this recording of you and we wrap up. It'll probably be about half three, four. And I'm just going to chill out with Alex, play with the cats, eat some chocolate. Tomorrow is our day off. I think we're going to go to the beach. Just go do something for the day. Wednesday, Thursday, I'm in client calls all day. Friday, Saturday, I'm off work because we're going away for the night. So we're going to have those days off in the countryside. And then Sunday, I'm going to come home and I'm going to get some writing done. And that's my week. So three days out working and two days are like half working and then two days are full working. And that is that a typical week? Yes and no. I'm always working unless it's a week off Wednesdays and Thursdays with clients. But the rest of the week, I just do what I want. And some people are like, oh my God, you don't work. <laughs> and I, my answer is, I make the money I need to make. I, I achieve the things that I want to achieve and show up for the people I want to achieve. I don't have to work 50 hours a week to do that. I don't have to work 25 hours a week sometimes if I want to do that. Hooray. Isn't that the plan? Isn't that amazing? And I feel like I... I've been able to question and I think here's where I got lucky like I didn't have much time in the traditional working world true so I think it's easier the younger you are and the less like the less work week baggage you have like for you I mean how many years did you work oh I was in the NHS for yeah like a decade and how much of that was like you get into work at a certain time and you're like yeah and everyone does unpaid overtime that's never thanked and you're always busy and you're always like everyone works through their lunch break yeah and it's rewrite and I feel like the best thing there's two components to it it's you sitting down and having honest conversation and mapping out okay what does my ideal work week look like within the realities of what my actual life looks like a lot of naps a lot of naps (laughs) are in my ideal work week how can I be brave enough to say no to the things that are not aligned with my actual goals in my career because a lot of people are saying yes to things like I you were the first podcast interview if I said yes to in about a year no I mean maybe about six months thank you and I've said no to a lot not because I don't love them but because that wasn't in my circle of like essential work for a season it can be so scary to say no to things it's like number one it's flattering to be asked to Mm. be interviewed number two you don't want to piss people off and you don't want to be rude and you don't want to miss the boat I think because we're all in this online world and it feels like it's moving and changing so fast it's really easy to get sucked into thinking it's now or never yeah yeah and you have to seize every single opportunity as it presents but that's not really how it works no and I think everyone's different as well like I'm a very restful person and that like I need a lot of space and margin in my life to like feel mentally well (laughs) and like you like someone listening may be like you know what I need to be working a lot and feel go 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 like that's their happy place so it's leaning into also like how do you work best what feels best for you but then being brave enough to actually pursue it and then I think the next layer of it is like surround yourself with people who are going to support you in that like don't talk to the friend who thinks that if you don't work 50 hour weeks you're not working hard enough about you pursuing this they're just probably going to make you feel crap about it Mm. not their fault talk to someone who gets it so that you can surround yourself with a support system who when you can say like hey guess what it's Wednesday and I've taken that day off high five and they're like really excited for you and inspired by you yes that makes so much sense we, we kind of end up being the people we surround ourselves with one way or another yeah and I feel like it's actually like once you've built this like non-traditional career for yourself there's a component that people are forgetting and it's like the courage to actually live it without like compromising it to make the more traditional approach to work people like that comfortable yes 
because it's going to be so alien to some people that it's going to make them uncomfortable it's just going to happen it questions what they believe about work and it's like we can still cheer someone on who's pursuit like my mum's a nurse she like you like she works god knows how much unpaid overtime and and I can still cheer her on and be like, my God, like inspired by her work ethic and still know that I don't want that for myself. Yeah, it takes all sorts. And she can still like come around and see me in the week and like we can have totally different work weeks and she can still hold space for me being like, oh, mum, I feel really tired about being like, oh, well, I work double you work this week and I was on my feet all day. It's holding space for different people's truths. That is uh, such an amazing life lesson. And if we were all better at that, I think the world would be a more peaceful place. Oh, yeah. Like, if we could just, like, for example, I'm, like, like I said, I need a lot of white space in my life. And I try really hard, even though I share my story a lot online and my experience, not to project that onto someone else. Because just because it's my truth doesn't mean it has to be someone else's. And I feel like we've got to be really safe as well when we're consuming content when someone is projecting their truth onto us and only hold space for us to have their truth. If that makes sense, Mm -hmm. because I think that's when we have a lot of internal conflict. I can't tell you how many times I get emails from clients and they they were feeling great. They had an action plan. They were pursuing their goals. And they're like, Jen, I read this piece of content and they said that I should do these five things. And I don't, they're they're not what I'm doing and they don't actually feel like good for me. But should I do them? Oh, yeah. It's so easy to get drawn in by a really compellingly written article though, isn't it? Like it puts a good case across. Yeah. And I feel like that it's like does this person's truth and mindset connect with mine and how can I share my truth in a way this is me actually projecting my truth here onto people but it's like (laughs) how can we project our truth in a way that still holds space for people with wildly different approaches to life it's that I think Amy Poehler says good for you not for me like yeah yeah that's such a message to take to heart but uh it's not easy it isn't it's none of this is easy and that is why we always say business is like therapy because (laughs) by the time you finish this process like you have the kind of thing you would work on for years in therapy like all those feelings of guilt and self-worth and work ethic there's a lot in there if people are listening and this is really resonating you said that you're about to relaunch the course yeah so the course is available but I'm just it's having like update in the end of May I'm just adding some audio coaching to it from all the questions people have asked me who've gone through it or like clients who've gone through it so it's the, it, the price will be increasing probably late May once the audio coaching is there but it's it's available right now if you want to work through the process but even if you're like listening and like you want some support with this but like you don't have like a budget right now to invest in these things I talk about a lot of this stuff in my own podcast sorry Sarah I'm like plugging my crap no here. by all means please do but yeah like head over to my podcast I have a whole season like two seasons ago of like asking other people how they map out their work days so that could be interesting for you if you want to just hear how different people from different types of businesses are doing it and there's like stuff in my blog about like how I map out my week but yeah I just if you currently don't like your working routine my biggest advice is choose to change it you don't have to stay stuck like it's not going to be easy like say like when I it took me about four to six months to pivot from what I was not happy with to a routine that made me happy and if I'd have given up halfway through I wouldn't be here now in a place where I can happily take a day off and just be fine there was four to six months of just being stuck in something that I'd built for myself that couldn't be changed overnight and I think that's the other secret to it is you maybe you can't if you especially if you've been in business for a while you probably can't change your routine overnight but you can get started and then in six months from now maybe you'll have the routine you actually want and also I think this is a real lesson in kind of indulging that need that you felt to change your working week and kind of dig into it you've opened up a whole new avenue for your business which is now this course and you know some of your coaching is now taking up on this topic which if you just ignored it and kept your head down and kept working you'd never have kind of discovered 
how passionate you were about all of this stuff too. Exactly. My mantra as a coach is like, we have to live it to give it. Like if I can't support women to build impactful, fulfilling, sustainable, creative lives, if I'm not also doing that. (laughs) If you secretly hate yours. Exactly. (laughs) Jen, it is always so lovely to talk to you. Thank you for sharing your wisdom with us. No, I hope it was helpful for some people. And will you come back again soon to talk about some more things? I would love to. Where can people find you online? I am at jencarrington.com. I'm also on Twitter, but okay I'm really bad at social media so you can check me out on Twitter and Instagram but don't don't count me to be consistent I have a podcast called make it happen and I have an email newsletter called weekly letters but they're actually now bi-weekly letters but that's kind of where I share like a little more in-depth stuff so yeah just my content basically come to my website you'll see what I'm up to I will link to all of those things in the show notes and there's also a very nice picture of Jen on her website I took I was so happy when I see that because it was such a nice day (laughs) (laughs) thank you for that people are always like I love your photo and I'm like oh well Sarah great job (laughs) enjoy the rest of your day with your cats and chocolate thank you you too (laughs) you'll find show notes for everything we've talked about today at meandorla.co.uk forward slash podcast 14 and there I will also include all of Jen's social media links so you can check her out while you're there make sure you stick your email address in one of the boxes that pops up or if you click on Instagram help you'll find loads of freebies where you just need to put your email address in because I'm launching something really exciting in the next couple of weeks and I think a lot of you are going to find it really helpful so if you are on that emailing list you will be the first to hear. Thank you so much for listening and I will see you next week.